Welcome back to Outdoors with me, Lawrence Gunther. We have David Fergosh. He's a lion. He's a man with vision loss, and he's been involved with organizing the Blind Anglers International Tournament here in Eastern Ontario for, I think, 27 years now. I'm not sure if he was involved right from the beginning, but he's still at it. David is going to be our guest on the podcast today. Lily's going to have some information for us about spiders in our homes. Wow. I've got some tips on the new all-terrain cane. Going to try it out here. I got one, and it's pretty cool. And for reflections, I'm going to talk about my own experiences fishing next to blind people and fishing as a blind person myself and how to stay safe. Come on, Lewis, let's go find Lily. Did you know? Hi, Lily. How are you? Good. Good. Yeah. What kind of incredible information do you have for us today that's going to prove once and for all that this planet is an amazing place full of biodiversity? Uh, well, <laughs> well, yeah. Biodiversity isn't something that really needs to be proved, Dad. But, no, no. You know. Uh, so uh, there are about 1,400 species of spiders that live in Canada. Oh, boy. That kind of biodiversity. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. So two of these are members of the tarantula family, and uh-huh. two others belong to the black widow species. And I thought Australia was bad. Out of all of these, only the black widow spider is actually poisonous to humans, and their sting almost never kills you. You know, it still bothers me that there's so many different types of spiders in Canada, and I only ever find them when I get wrapped up in their spider webs. Well, yeah, well, researchers from MIT actually have used computers and mathematical algorithms to turn the frequencies of a vibrating spider web into music. No way. Yeah. Marcus Bueller, the project's principal investigator, said the spider lives in an environment of vibrating strings, and they don't see very well, so they sense their world through vibrations. What they only see, what they see or sense, isn't actually audible or visible to the human eye or the human ear, and so by transposing it to sound, we begin to experience it. So spiders listen through their spider webs. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Now, do uh, we have a recording of this? Uh, these mm-hmm. spider webs. Wow, that's so weird. I oh, know. Yeah. It's like a horror movie. It's like a, it's like the sonification of, of the uh, moons I've heard. Or so... it, could, it could be the uh, it could be my uh, chimes that my neighbors made me take down in front of the house. Oh yeah, those. <laughs> my God, that was like the they were war big. on our neighborhood. They were big chimes. Yeah. But I always found the house. And you always put up an argument. No, I didn't. I, as soon as they knocked, I took them down. But listen to this. It's getting quiet. That's very cool, Lily. So even though they're kind of scary, a lot of people kill spiders, but they shouldn't. No. Should not kill a spider in your house. Uh, Spiders are, they're an important part of nature and our indoor ecosystem, as well as being fellow organisms in their own right. For sure they are. So like, people like to think of their dwellings as safely insulated from the outside world, but many types of spiders can be found inside. Some are accidentally trapped 
while others are short-term visitors. Some species even enjoy the great outdoors, the great indoors, actually. So used to saying outdoors, the great indoors is so weird. Um, <laughs> where they happily live out their lives, and they, they make more spiders. These arachnids are usually secretive, and almost all you meet are neither aggressive nor dangerous. And they may be providing services like eating pests, and some even eat other spiders. Wow. Yeah. Although they are generalist predators, apt to eat anything they can catch. Yeah. <laughs> like little small dogs. No. Um, spi- and they, not kittens either. No, they don't, they don't do that. No. Spiders, they, they regularly capture nuisance pests and even disease-carrying insects. Oh. They, you know, they, they eat mosquitoes. Yeah. There's even a species of jumping spider that prefers to eat blood-filled mosquitoes in African homes. So killing a spider doesn't just cost the arachnid its life. It may take an important predator out of your home. Do we have any idea of how many spiders actually live in a, an average house? Yeah, so scientists conducted a visual survey of 50 North Carolina homes to inventory just which arthropods live under our roofs. Every single house they visited was home to spiders. The most common species they encountered were cobweb spiders and cellar spiders. Both build webs where they can lie and wait for prey to get caught, and cellar spiders sometimes leave their webs to hunt other spiders on their turf, mimicking prey to catch their cousins for dinner. But, but why is it when you get stung or bit by a spider, you always ends up, you know, the skin gets swollen a little bit and it's got a sore spot on your skin. And you know right away, oh man, I must have got bit by a spider because nothing else leaves that kind of painful. It's not super painful, but it's always a little bit of an infection kind of feeling. Yeah, well, most of them are all venomous. Really? Yeah, so, but the majority of species have venom too weak to cause issues in humans if their fangs can pierce their skin at all. Usually they just break. So besides killing them or leaving them alone, what other options are there? If you really can't stand the spider in your house, instead of smashing it, try to capture it and release it outside. It'll find somewhere else to go. Hmm. I know your mother's always catching them with a piece of paper towel and, and taking them outside on the front porch and letting them go. I know. Well, she always she always says, oh, I can do it with a paper towel. I can do it with a Kleenex. But she always ends up accidentally squishing them. She does and not. I'm, yes, she does. And I'm like, stop taking them with a paper towel. It's the easiest way to get them. No, it's not. Use a cup like every other human being but in the world. But how do you get them off the wall when they're, how do you get them into the cup? You slide a piece of paper under them. Oh, okay. So You, you put you put the cup over them yeah. and then you slide the piece of paper under the cup. Uh, have you done this? I have. Oh, okay. Good to know. This is not This is a very common practice. I think you're the only one who didn't know about it. Thanks, Lily. Very informative. Outdoor Adventures. We've got Dave Fergosh. He is involved with the Blind Anglers International Tournament. It's one of the only type events in Canada. And there's guests coming from different parts of the world to fish this event. It's hosted by Lions. And uh, David plays a key role in organizing the whole angler side of it. So there's anglers and boaters and you're all matched up at the event, but let's, uh, let's have David talk to us about this. David, it's been a while, my friend. It has Lawrence. Nice to speak with you again. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, bait has been on hiatus, a COVID hiatus, but it's back. Uh, it's back in May, 2023, I guess, is it? It is. Yes. It's going to be May 26th to 28th. Uh-huh. And the location is Springwood Cottage Resort in Arden, Ontario. 
That's just mm -hmm. uh, east of Perth, which is east of, uh, no, west of Perth, and that's west of Ottawa, right? Just west of Ottawa, yeah, about an hour and a half west of Ottawa, just off Highway 7. And, and transportation can be arranged if anyone's interested? Yes, we have a, a bait bus, we call it, that picks up people in the Ottawa area and drives them to the, the venue. Are you filled up, Dave? Because normally uh, it's it gets pretty full, right? It usually does, yeah. We're uh, just in the early stages now that it's mid-March, and this is the time where we actually start filling up positions for bait. So walk us through a bait weekend. I, I, I think I've been there a few times. I think, Dave, the first time I went there was probably not long after I moved to Ottawa in 1991. And I, I went up and um, I didn't own a boat at that time. Well, I had a boat, but it wasn't in Ottawa, Ontario. And I fished with a, an amazing man on us, a beautiful boat that he let me drive, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a rainy weekend and we caught nothing and uh mm. but it was still a memorable weekend and then i got more involved and more involved and more involved and uh and then and then uh covid and you know the life catches up to you well you moved and then yeah lots of things so talk to us about the uh the weekend yeah well i remember a couple of times we actually fished together out in the bait tournament uh-huh i know uh, but but yeah the bait tournament again is called blind anglers international tournament if you want to look that up in google just look up Blind Anglers International Tournament. And what it is, is the Lions Clubs of Eastern Ontario and Western Quebec have raised money to take blind anglers out fishing with, uh, with pro fishermen. These are anglers, many of them are tournament anglers who really know what they're doing, but they don't have to be. They can be anybody with a boat. That would like to take a blind angler out and the blind anglers are paired up with guides for the weekend so everything is very safe the guides help the blind anglers find their cabins help them with food and and get them on the boats um the tournament starts on friday people arrive friday afternoon get settled into their accommodation, have a nice meal that evening. And then the fishing is Saturday, normally from nine to three. And after that, there's an awards presentation along with a, a big meal. And uh, you stay overnight and Sunday morning, you head home again. Well, that's basically it, but there's, I can give you any kind of details you want from that. Dave, the menus are extraordinary, right? Like the food, there's no shortage of food at this this event. I mean, the the dinner Friday night, it's a it's a very it's a little bit more of a formal dinner. There's a few speeches, a keynote uh, speaker. I've done the keynote a few times, but I tell you, there's been amazing keynote speakers there, and just tremendous food and and great service. You have all these volunteers, and they're just taking care of everybody. Uh, you feel like a king or a queen, you know, <laughs> when, when you're at that event. You're really you really catered to it. It's, it's it's beautiful, and then big breakfast, you know, big eggs and bacon breakfast and a bag lunch to take on the boat with you. And then another giant barbecue Saturday e evening after the awards ceremony. And there's you some nice it. prizes, man. There's some nice prizes uh, <laughs> handed out for, I think it's, what do you got? Biggest pike, biggest walleye, 
biggest bag of pike, biggest bag of walleye. Is, is is so there's those are the four categories i think right yeah so the catch of the day is well you keep your biggest six fish and yes. uh, normally they're they're pike we fish in predominantly pike areas but there is there are walleye as well mm -hmm. so it's usually been a pike walleye tournament mm -hmm. well and bass so season's closed so there's no e bass fishing allowed yeah exactly yeah so it's your biggest six fish, and that's the the winner of the tournament. But there are other prizes as well: biggest pike, biggest walleye, that sort of thing. And I remember that elderly lady, that competitor who came. I don't know if she's still going to come this year, but man, she caught some giant pike over the years. Like just, <laughs> yes. I think she set the record for the most wins out of any competitor. This, and she's just she fishes once a year at bait, and she reels in these monster twenty pound pike. Yes, yeah, she has. She's quite a fisherwoman, I'll tell you. But yeah, we've we've had some big fish, like you say, right up to twenty pound pike, and oh yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a thrill to bring in. You know, they're 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 so huge. They're just so huge. They're you know longer than your arm and and chunky as your leg. It's quite <laughs> extraordinary these fish. Yeah, so it's a catch and release tournament. So the the, the pro anglers have have the uh, the place to put the fish, keep them alive, bring them into to shore, get them all weighed at, at three o'clock at the end of the day. That's all recorded. And then, as I said, there's an awards presentation later that that evening. As um, what are some of the more notable events over the years, Dave? Some of the some of the more unusual stories you could share with us. Oh, well, there's some, as you can imagine, with blind uh, anglers fishing. Some uh, funny things can happen. Luckily, nothing serious has ever happened in the, the 34 years that bait's been going on. It started in 1989. And of course, we missed a, a couple of years with COVID, but we're, we're going again. But one, uh, one or two funny stories is, uh, is, well, one was my brother and I fishing with our pro angler. And he decided to go into a narrow bay to try to pull out a couple of pike. And my brother was on one side of the boat. I was on the other. He cast, he hit shore, got caught up. And this was the second time that day he did that. So I'm kind of chuckling and, and smirking about it. I'm feeling all confident. The other side of the boat, I give a nice cast and I'm kind of laughing. I'm waiting to hear my lure hit the water, but it doesn't. Here I'm <laughs> caught up on the other side of the bay. And put the hooking in the trees. Yeah. So you can imagine our pro said, guys, one line on one side, one line on the other side, don't move. <laughs> so that wiped the spark off my face. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When you start decorating the trees for Christmas, eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then yeah, we've had the, an instant where a blind person had to go for a leak and fell off the boat. Oh, yeah. Most most we, anglers who drowned fishing are they pull their bodies out with their pants down because they're standing on the corner <laughs> yeah. of the boat taking a pee and they fall in. That's you know? what happened. Oh, this is, there's a fact for you. Yeah. And then uh, when you're a, a sighted person, we have dock uh, control people who get the blind people on the boat safely, safely loaded and safely offloaded. 
but one year, one of the, the sighted uh, volunteers was holding on to the boat and holding on to the dock. And the boat just slowly drifted out and he did the splits and down he went. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 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 But it's and fun. It's a it's fun, fun tournament for everybody. Yeah. And it's for ages 19 and plus because there are, there, you can have a beer uh during the dinner they're serving beer at the dinner and 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 you can bring some beer with you for saturday night post fishing you know you don't want to drink too much beer friday night because you got to get up early some people do some people don't (laughs) (laughs) get up earlier go fishing yeah Uh, but sunday when it's all over the breakfast is called the sorehead breakfast for those who partake (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's a quiet ride home on the bus eh? oh yeah yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what i'm amazed is is how people come back year after year after year really it's it becomes part of their uh something they look forward to every year isn't it it is and uh it's quite an operation to pull off because you have maybe you know up to 30 blind taking part that means, you know, 20, 25 boats. That means, you know, 25 to 30 guides. There's food services, there's dock control, there's security. So by the time it's all over, you're looking at uh, over a hundred people taking part in this. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and keep in mind, I mean, the people who are bringing their boats, the pros who are bringing the boats, you know, they're paying their own gas to, if their trucks to pull the boats up and down back and forth, and they're paying their own gas for the boat. And, uh, you know, and, and they're using their own equipment. I mean, not most people don't bring their own equipment. Some do, you do, I do, but some don't. And so, you know, they're going to give them rods and reels and and lures to put up in trees and things like that. So, (laughs) you know, it's, it's a big commitment for the, for the volunteers, for the anglers too, or, or the boaters, I should say. The boaters are the ones who bring the boats. The anglers are the blind people uh, going into the boats with the, with the boaters. So, but that's, yeah, there's a, it's a big, um, you know, people, people volunteer. So Dave, if someone wants to get more information to sign up for and and be part of this event, where would they, where would they go? Well, you would contact me, Dave Fergosh, and have an email that is good for you, for anyone interested to contact me. And the email is lionsbaitfishing at gmail.com, lionsbaitfishing at gmail.com. And if someone wanted to volunteer as a boater, where would they go? Well, again, you can just contact me and I'll put uh, any of the boaters in contact with the boat organizer. Perfect. So you you still have room for more anglers. So there's room to sign on still. Yes. And 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 you're looking for more boaters. There's some of them, you know, like a, like all organizations, you know, volunteers drifted away over COVID, and you know, people say, well, you know, I'm just gonna stay uh, stay away, keep my social distancing, and that really put a crimp into volunteering, didn't it? It did. Yes. Yeah. Used to. Uh... We used to have, uh, you know, 25, 30 boats, but that's come down since COVID. Yeah. How many teams do you hope to get out this year? Well, hopefully close to 20. There, there has been an awful lot of boats sold in the last three years. 
you know, as COVID, mm -hmm. uh, COVID hit, a lot of people said, well, what can I do that's safe? And uh, I think I'll go fishing. Yeah, I would gladly all that is behind us now. So we can yeah, just yeah. get out there and fish and not worry about any of that. And I think what, what the boaters recognize too, is that uh, blind people are really good at fishing. Yeah, they, we are. Yeah, we're, we're good. We're, we're very good at tactile stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> Feeling the bite. David, thanks so much for joining us on Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther. My friend, we'll get this word out and put out a bit of social media. Hopefully we'll uh, drum up some more business for you and, and, and bait will be back bigger than ever. Great. Thanks a lot, Lawrence. Outdoor tips and tech. Six degrees on your left. 122 meters. So I got the all-terrain cane. It's uh, a multi-length cane. It comes in three pieces. It's like a regular white cane. You know, it, it's held together with elastic and then you sort of unfold it and pops together. So it's three pieces. And then the handle section itself extends and it's got a sort of a cam on it. So you can extend it to the height you want and then clamp it down and uh, you can adjust the strength of that clamp. So it will hold. So if, say if you're using it, if you're going up a hill, you can shorten it. And if you're using it coming down a hill, you can lengthen it. And that, that can be really helpful. Easier on your back and just makes movement so much easier. It's got a big, large roller ball on the tip, probably the size of a, a, a medium-sized orange, and uh, which I find pretty interesting. I've never used a roller tip before, but, um, you know, I've tried it on the snowy pass now, you know, pack down snowy path. It works well. It glides along the uh, hard packed snow just nicely, and when it hits the softer snow it sort of glides on top of the softer snow it doesn't just get stuck in there like a regular cane i'm told it works really well on sand i'm looking forward to using it once all this snow melts and trying it on a dock i find with docks you know they're always made with these wood slats and there's gaps between the slats so when you're trying to move a cane down the wood dock and, and keep a attention on the edge of the dock your stick is always getting jammed in those slots between the wood boards so with this roller tip that should make it uh, a little bit easier to move up and down docks nicely and move smoothly but remember these canes are made with metal so they're strong they won't shatter if you fall on one but they will sink and i've lost a lot of metal white canes off docks that's why personally i use a an aluminum hiking pole myself on the dock because when it falls in it floats and i get it back but um who knows maybe uh maybe the folks at all-terrain cane will come up with a floating version for us water people i'll have some more on this as the season progresses but right now i'm giving this a sort of a 7.5 8 out of 10. So fishing around people with vision loss. I've done the bait tournament. They call it the bait tournament. It's the Blind Anglers International Tournament. I've done the one here in, in Canada uh, many times. And uh, I'm probably the only blind person that shows up there with their own boat and a, a pilot for their own boat and then takes another blind person fishing. Usually it's their sighted um, anglers who take uh, the blind people fishing. So I, I sort of mix things up a little bit, but they tolerate me. The lions put up with me. But that does mean there's two of us who are blind fishing on the boat and one sighted person who is sort of operating the boat because I bring my bigger boat. Um, I don't try to fish two blind people off my little 12-foot porta boat. That would be a little squishy. And we want to be able to get around. We want to be able to win the tournament. And having the bigger boat there means being able to move from one place to another much more efficiently than with my little electric porta boat. 
But there's ways of fishing that don't cause uh, injury to others. Casting overhand, when you're in a boat and you're close to people, you have to be careful when you're casting. You've got a lot of sharp hooks on the end of your lure, so you have to be careful you don't hook someone in the arm, the head, anywhere. People can get hooked anywhere when you're casting. So I like to uh, spread out. I like to make sure I'm always... Uh, in contact with the boat so I don't inadvertently turn slowly and next thing you know uh, the back of my fishing rods over the top of the boat when I'm casting so you always want to keep a good contact with the boat anyone who's blind fishing you always want to make sure you're not drifting as you're fishing and changing your position little by little because it's that back cast that's going to be the problem right it's when you're bringing the lure back behind you to the two o'clock position before you bring it forward to the 10 o'clock position and launch your lure there's other ways of casting. There's flipping. So the tip is down and you just lift it up and you flip your bait out that way. So if you're, you're fishing with a jig or a drop shotting, that's the best way. And then the, the lure never comes over the boat or into the boat. Another one is pitching. So if you're standing at the back or the front of the boat, the rod is out to the side of the boat and you're just sort of like a sidearm pitch, you know, just a, a, it's, it's not going to get that far, but it's going to get it out enough depending on the type of fishing you're doing. So think about that. If you're fishing around people as a blind angler, or if you're fishing with an angler who has uh, vision loss, talk about the kind of techniques that you want to be using in the boat to make sure everyone's going to have a safe day on the water. Follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or visit me at lawrencegunther.com to keep up to date on my blogs and videos. Subscribe to get the latest episodes of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther by visiting your favorite podcast provider. And please take some time to rank us and give us some comments. Send me your feedback, suggestions, and questions on email at feedback at ami.ca or on Twitter at AMI-audio. I want to thank Nazreen Abdel-Majid, the manager of AMI-audio, Zandy Frank. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.